Would you like to come and stall it? Ah, will you just stall it, look? I'd like to come and stall it. I'm not really in the mood. Well, come on and bleed and stall it. Yeah, house hatcher. I'm not a house hatcher. We'll stall it for a crack. We're gonna have a laugh. How are you doing? Welcome to episode 77. What a year. What a year. What happened in 1977? We stopped doing all that. We did stop doing it. We should go back to what we liked it. We will eventually. Maybe in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's oh, so that's a much big year. Big years, I mean. A few good years there. Yeah. So stick around for episode 80. <laughs> <laughs> but this is 77. This is 77. And this is the Stala Podcast. My mind is like a puzzle with all these dates and times and... What's confusing you? We're doing the podcast and we're backlogging episodes over the Christmas and over the New Year's. Mm. And right now in this moment, what's the date? Uh, the date is the 19th of December. <laughs> okay. So in my mind, Christmas is over. Because we've just been talking about Christmas the past two weeks. And New Year's Eve. And New Year's yeah. Eve, New Year's Day, everything. Yeah. So in my mind, it's already done and it hasn't even happened. In your mind, you already sang Oh Lang Syne. What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? I didn't even hear what you said. <laughs> in your mind, you already sang Oh Lang Syne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Auld Lang Syne? No. The song that you sing on New Year's Eve. Sing it. Lads, lads. New Year's is over. They already sang That's what I'm saying. I'm so confused. In our mind, we've already sang Auld Lang Syne. We've already went out and banged our pots and pans. The pots have been banged. And it's now 2023. But and we're right still now we haven't done any of that. None of it. The Christmas tree isn't even up. It's all an illusion. It's actually 2021. These are all pre-recorded from 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. I've never been to a jamboree. But I want to go to one. Okay. If I could time travel, I'd go back to the 1700s and go to a jamboree and sing old Lang Syne. Oh, Lang Syne. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, who's that ringing me now? Someone from the future. Oh, we're on a little bit of a roll. Like, but, I'm like butter. I'm on a roll. <laughs> Do you like that? See you later, Joe. You big fucking weirdo. So come here. What would it be like if I just had a podcast on my own? Like, imagine me just coming in here and just talking to, like, just a listener and not having a co-host. I wouldn't know where to start. The real Joe McGuckin. That could be your first episode. The real Joe McGuckin. The real Joe McGuckin. What's Joe really like? Joe is a... He's an intelligent man. He's wise beyond his years. But I think he needs to be fact-checked a lot. I don't need to be fact-checked because I don't have any facts. (laughs) He's very tall. But sometimes, some days I am taller than him. But I think it's his fringe that makes him taller. He's always saying to me, Oh, you look like you have Lego hair. What's he like? What would you how would you describe his hair? Erratic. <laughs> uh, just getting erratic on top plays and two back and sides. <laughs> An erratic and a two back and sides. He's a nice soul though, isn't he? 
Some bob in his pocket. Uh, he's running off on me though with his Granby and all. His Chadwick's. He's gone, he's gone, gone astray. Doesn't need me anymore. I feel proud of him though. He blossomed into a fine young man. <laughs> Where is he? Me and Joe, yeah, we are very different. Like Joe is into books. And I'm into comic books. He's into crypto. And I'm into real money. He likes having pretend money that doesn't exist in the real world. And I like having money that you can use to spend on real shit. What the fuck's he on about? What'd you say? What were you saying about me while I was gone? Your bollocks. Uh, Your little arse wipe. Jesus, if he, <laughs> if he had a... You'd take that back now if you had heard what I was saying about you. It's all positive. Not an arse Well, wipe. in parts it was positive. Oh, we were saying... Uh, you were taller than me. About your haircut. What about it? I said, uh, what, what way would you describe his haircut? And Owen said, what? Erratic. Erratic. I'll take that. And I was like, he goes to the barbers and he asks for an erratic on top and two back and sides. <laughs> <laughs> I like to have messy hair because, and I wouldn't mind, I only washed my hair this morning, so it's just mm. not done. It's a good look. Yeah, I mean, it's your look, you know. The chicks dig it because they see it as a fixer upper. The chicks as in chick. No, uh, every woman in the world looks at me and they're like, I just want to groom him. <laughs> I just want to know what he's all about. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably not true. <laughs> I like to believe that it's true. If I was a free man, I'd be in the nightclub and all the girls would be coming over brushing me hair. <laughs> <laughs> if you were single, you'd be in a nightclub and you'd be like, hey, I'm at home cooking pork chips if you want to come by. <laughs> Dama reference oh yep. okay, okay. <laughs> so uh, you, you, he's just said if you were single I'd be Jeffrey you'd Dama. be hunting women in nightclubs yeah, yeah, you just, just let that one slide just, yeah, but of all the shit he said when you weren't in the room <laughs> nothing came <laughs> that close to that <laughs> oh, I don't know probably wouldn't be far from the truth but we'll never know because nah. I'm a married man stay he's away not, women no, he's, he's alright him if I hadn't it wouldn't be him who was Jeffrey Dahmer who would it be don't know not you anyway I think Owen has a dark side Owen do you have a man shed he's like do you want to come back to my garage and do some taxidermy <laughs> Owen's sweating now he is it's like that on to me so enough of all that huh yeah sure all right. back and forth nonsense yeah. I'm not a serial killer he's not for the oh, reference for god's sakes the, the meat is gone off in his house though yeah it's rotten it's gone, ba- it's gone bad it's gone bad but he's not a serial killer He's John Wilkin and he does a podcast and a few sketches and he's a nice man. Presumably Uh, he's not a serial killer. That's like the clip they'll play at the start of the Netflix documentary. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be be, uh, just like muffled and I'll be like, I I didn't really see it happening. Uh, You're not going to give me that impression. You have the type of head that if they silhouetted you, I still know who you are. (laughs) I still know. That's Darren Conway. Doesn't he? What was it? I don't know what I mean. <laughs> I'd say only Darren Conway would cover his head up with a gilet. There's <laughs> yeah. loads of people who have heads that you just recognise. It's a remarkable head. It's a big head. Like the Easter Island heads. Why is it remarkable? Because it's recognisable. It's just the, the head. Yeah. You always said that you could draw me as a cartoon. Yeah, I mean, you're I'm very, very drawable. Like. You're like a caricature of yourself. The possibilities are endless. Like, I'm I mean, fucking slagging you and he's taking it as a compliment. 
I don't get any <laughs> compliments. Tell you not the potential of getting a cartoon. I, I mean, the hint of a of a compliment. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter if you slag me. I'll take it, man. So, uh, own, you have yeah. you have a story for us, do you? I do. Can I hear it? I've been uh, excited to hear this one. Yeah, and um, this is a long one now. It is a long one, but Settle it's, it's a good one, and yeah. I think uh, people will really enjoy it. Because, yeah. Oh, do you have a story for us? Yep. That was natural, wasn't it? That was so natural, Joe. It's good. Tearing yeah. you up nicely. Amazing. I <laughs> set you up, you knock it out of the park. Before I begin, I better check if you ever heard of a thing called the Dyatlov Pass Incident. Yeah. The Dyat- Dyatlov Pass Incident? Mm-hmm. And you've heard of it? Yeah. You, uh, you're thinking of the Catalan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the Dyatlov... Pass incident. incident. I have not heard of I this. I haven't either. I was joking. Good, good. That should make the next few minutes easier for me. <laughs> February 1959. Mm. Some year. It's mm. a good year. Yeah. In the Soviet Union, a search party was sent out to find a missing group of hikers. They were last heard from shortly before they headed into a very remote part of the Russian wilderness. These were experienced hikers, so they expected they'd just get back in a week or so. But a few weeks passed after they were last heard from. No word. So a search party went out. Six days into the search, they found the remains of the group's campsite. And it was very clear that something had gone seriously wrong. Why? I get that. I want to know now. So they found the campsite high above the tree line on the side of a mountain. Very remote mountain. Uh, The local Mansai tribe from that part of the wilderness called it Dead Mountain. Ooh. Not a good omen. No. no. Here's where it gets very strange. Is it spooky? This is story is uh, Okay. Very strange. Tent was partly collapsed and largely buried in snow. Inside, all of the belongings, all the gear, their boots, everything else, perfectly laid out. Like folded up neatly mm-hmm. and their boots, the axes, all the other equipment arranged either side of the door. There was food laid out ready to be eaten. There was a stack of wood there ready to be put on the stove. Uh, clothes, cameras, journals, everything in perfect order. The tent had been cut from the inside out. The tent was cut inside, inside the tent. They could so. tell the tent had been cut from the inside. So oh, something that was from the inside in the tent cut it, yeah, cutting. to get out. Okay. Light is fading, so the search party stopped looking. Then the next morning, they get up, better light, and they start to look around the side of the tent. They find nine pairs of footprints heading down the slope, but they're not panicked. Just walk. They can tell by the footprints that these people were walking calmly in an orderly fashion. Some of them in socks, but it would have been 20 or 30 degrees Celsius below freezing. Oh my God. Minus 20 like. And these people, they knew that these are experienced hikers. They knew there's no chance they would have headed out into those conditions. In a pair of socks. Because <laughs> yeah. they know exactly what would happen to them. Okay. So you're going to ask us why, why do you think, or what happened? Uh, I'm going to talk you through this and the theories. Okay, that have and then at swirled the end. around yeah. for seventy years since this happened. Theories that include Yetis, UFOs, secret Cold War military operations gone wrong. Mm. Mm. I'll go back now to start. You were asking Joe about the background to the group. Yeah, so we'll go back to the start. So they were led. They were mostly students from the Ural Polytechnic University, led by a twenty-three-year-old engineering student, Igor Dyatlov. That's what it's called, the Atlas mm-hmm. Pass. Yeah, they were all very experienced hikers. As I said, like they did this kind of thing fairly regularly. 
But Dyatlov planned this ambitious 16-day cross-country ski trip in the Ural Mountains. There are a mountain range that divides Western Russia from Siberia. And they were pretty sure that they would be the first people to ever take this route. First Russians, apart from the local tribe, obviously, to take this route through this part of the mountains. So very advanced expedition they planned. So they were going to ski about 200 miles. It wasn't particularly tricky terrain, but the weather, the snow and the temperatures would be very difficult. So that was the big challenge for them. There was eight other students and recent graduates, as well as Igor Dyatlov on the trip. Then, And this is one of those things that people have picked up on as being another very strange element of it. A couple of days before they were to set off, the university administration unexpectedly added a new member to the party. He was uh, Semyon Zolotaryov, his name was. He was a 37-year-old veteran of the Second World War. He's described as having an old-fashioned moustache, stainless steel crowns on his teeth and tattoos. And there is genuine mystery around his background. The implication being that he was working for Soviet intelligence services in his past. It sounds like that a bit. So this fella, yeah, two days before they head off, this tight-knit group of students are heading off and the university administration say, this much older man is now going to join you on your trip. This is one of those things that has caused this to have so much mystery. What were so, he studying? Were they all part of the same class in the I think most of them were engineering students, yeah. Engineering Igor students. Igor Dyatlov was an engineering student anyway. I think most of them were around, it was a technical university, so I think most of them would have been studying something similar. Okay. So they headed off on bus, trucks, horse and sleigh, everything then they get horse and sleigh someone yeah. drew the short straw there yeah. <laughs> I use it getting the bus I is. I'm, I'm taking the sleigh <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the group got very sick just before the last leg so he headed back to home base and the rest of them headed on so they were expected they'd send word back to the university by telegram on February 12th at the latest the campsite was found on the 20th so their, ex- their campsite was found eight days after they were expected to be home they were keeping diaries and taking pictures of everything they were doing all the way through. That's why it's known now that up until whatever happened, everything was gone. It seemed perfectly fine. Mm. There was no issue. It seems like whatever happened, happened in a split second. Yeah. They found pictures that they took, yep. like on a camera. Yeah. Just on average pictures that they'd be taking yep. on a adventure. Selfies. A couple of the pictures like have fed into the mysteries as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why is that a Yeti in the background? Yeah, we'll come to that in a minute. What? Is that? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's <laughs> yes. a Yeti picture, yeah. <laughs> but, but is it one of them, like, oh, it's photoshopped. I've got a whole bit on the theories for you, don't worry. We'll go back now to when the search party got there. So, you remember I was saying that they found the footprints that were perfectly calm and ordered and these were not people sprinting or panicking or anything like that. Mm. So, those footprints disappeared after about 500 metres. So, search party kept walking down the slope, see what they could find. About 1,500 metres from the site, they found the first bodies. They were under a cedar tree. There was the remains of a campfire and there were two bodies at the base of the tree. Both of them were almost completely naked. One of them had burned fingers. The other had burns on his shins and his feet. And in his mouth was a chunk of flesh he'd bitten from his right hand. I think his finger. Wow. What? Yeah. From his own? His own hand, yeah. The tree branches above the fire, five metres up, very high, were broken. There were little bits of skin, clothing stuck in the branches. Um, obviously led them to say, why were they climbing trees? Uh, were they trying to get away from someone? Were they trying to get a better view? What was happening here? Later on that day, search party went on further. 
and found two more bodies. One of them was Igor Dyatlov, the leader of the expedition. Both were further up the slope, heading back towards the tent. The other bodies were? Yes. Yeah, so where first, they were found? Like? The first two were found at the tree, mm-hmm. which is at the campfire. And then they found two more that were looked like they were heading back up towards the tent. Okay. They in the nip as well? No, but they were all found with bruises and cuts and scratches and things like that. From, like, were they able to say that this was scratches and bruises are from some sort of animal or? Well, they didn't know at the time. Okay. So a few days later, a fifth body was found, also on the slope leading back to the tent. This person had a sock on one foot and a felt booty on the other, so not properly dressed. The autopsy found there was a minor fracture to his skull. At this point, they were thinking, right, they've all died of hypothermia. We don't know why they left the tent, but the autopsy showed they'd all died of hypothermia. But then they found four more bodies of the hikers. The four remaining hikers were found. This happened a few months later. It completely changed the way they were thinking about the whole thing. So three months later, in May, the snow was beginning to melt and a local hunter found a makeshift snow den in the woods, only about 250 metres away from that tree where they found the two bodies with the campfire. 250 metres away, Snowden, which is they dig out snow and fill it with branches and so on. Okay. Um, and it's what you would build if you were trying to get some kind of warmth or insulation mm. around you in blisteringly cold weather. The floor was made of branches. There were pieces of clothing found in the den. And there were four bodies found lying together, buried under 10 feet of snow. The autopsies found that these four people did not die of exposure. They died of massive injuries. Skull fractures and internal hemorrhaging, they were injuries that they could tell by the autopsy. There was no way a human could have inflicted these injuries on them. They were much more like if someone had been in a car crash or Mm. a bomb blast. A bomb blast? No external injuries, but internally massive injuries. Some of these people were wearing clothes that had belonged to some of the other victims. What? So... Let me just tell you the next bit. Two of the hikers' eyes were missing. Jesus. And one was missing their tongue. The tongue? And two of them, two of the hikers, their clothing had significant levels of radiation. Radiation? What? Mm-hmm. What, what? The clothes mm-hmm. had radiation? Yep. How? What the fuck? Yeah. What film is this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, obviously, there's massive interest in the case. Mm-hmm. But it they do an investigation, they do the autopsy and so on, they say we've no idea what happened here. They say the final conclusion was they were killed by an unknown compelling force. It seems because they were gone in such an orderly fashion and a calm fashion that they were somewhat under the influence of something to all go yeah. down. Yeah. Like fucking midsummer or something, you know? Yeah. Just like all following this thing or I don't know. An al- like an alien. Like the um, brainwashed or something like that. Brainwashed, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's, so what's the theories? Okay. Um, also, just the families were not satisfied with no. the investigation. They demanded more answers um, from the Soviet government. But all the files, the journals, the photos were all classified. Uh, the area was made off limits and all the evidence was destroyed. Which, as you can imagine, didn't help dampen conspiracy theories. <laughs> mm. Didn't really do a whole lot for the. PR effort there. Yeah, well, it wouldn't. Why would he classified files? It's the Soviet Union. They classified a lot of stuff. Did they? We'll get there. Okay, okay. <laughs> There's an estimated 75 theories of what happened. 
Jesus. Let's we're pick, not going to go through all of them. Let's pick three. <laughs> we're going to pick a couple. Yeah, we're not going through all of them. So the first time the investigator said, was it an avalanche? But they said that would have flattened the campsite, but the skis and the ski poles were still upright. So he said, that can't have been what happened here. Okay. And there was no damage to the trees around. And in an avalanche, people will usually die of asphyxiation. They'll be smothered underneath the snow. None of these people died of asphyxiation. Even though three <coughs> of them were found buried under 10 feet of snow. They died from their injuries mm-hmm. where they were found. They they were found in their autopsy that they had. Skull fractures and hemor- internal hemorrhage, and, which is internal. Yeah, and then there was no external damage. Or, or, so how, or a hypothermia. Like, where does the external damage come from? There's no like, or internal and no external, I mean. Okay. Theory number one, the Yeti. Okay. Now that's interesting to me. I would have thought so. Yeah. Because, no, just, it's just fucking like, what's he like, a Wookiee or something? <laughs> a Chewbacca man? Yeah, half man, half beast. Like in Legends, the uh, Yeti and the... Like Bigfoot. Bigfoot, yeah. Bigfoot, yeah. So yeah the yeah. missing link between man and ape. Yeah. 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 Don't believe it though. Sasquatch. Don't believe it. So the last picture found in one of the hikers, Thibault Brignol was his name. The last picture found in that camera is particularly famous. It's a dark figure walking through the forest and hunched over look quite menacing no facial facial features visible the Discovery Channel built an entire show around it called Russian Yeti The Killer Lives (laughs) (laughs) they had to didn't they Uh, I haven't seen it but apparently it's not very good people picked up on this and said okay this is the last picture in the the camera roll there must be something here is the picture available yeah can we see it how is the list I'm going to see it tell them what to google so they can go on this journey with us google the killer yeti and we look at it together friends oh shit oh my god <laughs> that's definitely something there's okay so it's a very snowy scene kind of daytime the snow on all the trees around and then in the background there's very much a, a dark figure looking towards the camera and the pose is Yeti-like, isn't it? Just Yeah, it's like to the side. Where they've been captured there, it's like he's kind of leaning to one side. Yeah. yeah. Like he's like an ape's gait. Mm. Like that's not a theory, that's a fucking fact. That's very much something. <laughs> it's something, but you don't know what it is, so it's not a fact. It could be someone just in a load of skiing gear. It could be just a big skiing yeah. jacket and Well, that's the thing, yeah. Trousers. So this is why the Yeti theory is discounted, because there's no other mention. They actually, they wrote some things in their journals taking the piss out of like if they're to meet yetis there's no other mention of yetis that is one of the other hikers mm. it just looks like yeah something or someone not human that doesn't look human I think it kind of does look human like it has two legs and two arms and a torso and a head but that would be a yeti like wouldn't it? It a, would, a yeti yeah. would share those characteristics with humans and it like it doesn't seem very tall fat. it's also it's not in shape <laughs> so you wouldn't assume that it's one of the hikers because the hikers are starving looking Isn't He's probably up there eating bark. A yeti. But has anyone else died under mysterious circumstances in the, in the Diatlov Pass, pass since? No, no, I don't think so. And what the fuck did he do? Like, if even if it was a yeti, like, did he bite off one of the fingers and stick it in his in the mouth? Like, took their tongues out. Took a tongue. Took a someone's tongue, yeah. tongue. Took their eyes. Their eyes, yeah. Could be an alien. We'll get there, yeah. Okay. Okay, we'll get there. Theory number two. A KGB operation. 
So this theory centres on our man Semyon Soltaryov. Gold teeth. Yeah. Who joined the group just before they left. A Russian book on the story says that Zolotaryov and two other skiers were both KGB agents on an assignment to meet with a group of CIA operatives to give them deliberately misleading information. The theory is basically that the CIA agents discovered what the KGB agents were up to and killed them and the rest of the hiking party. That is the theory. But why Why in such nature of the eyes and yeah. tongue and... Yeah. It's a bit much like... <laughs> That's one of those things that doesn't really... Yeah. That this theory doesn't answer. It is, like I was saying earlier, it is very possible that... Zolotaryov had worked for the KGB or possibly did work for the KGB but in the Soviet Union an awful lot of people had connections to the KGB at some level. Mm. Is that a bank? <laughs> it's KBC. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so his service record in, second wor- in the Second World War is inconsistent apparently. There are blank spots which would suggest he was doing work off the books. So what was he there for? The crack? There's not really, <laughs> Why was he there? There's Why? not really a good explanation from what I've read. Did they need like someone, like an adult guidance, even though like they're, they're adults, like but someone with experience to bring them on their treacherous travels? It doesn't make sense. No. Mm. It, it seems like an excessive way of getting in touch with your CIA operatives as well, hiking into a 14-day trek. That's the other thing that people say about this theory. It's a strange old place for a meeting. Yeah. You're way out there. Yeah. Literally yeah. the first Russians to reach this very remote part of the Soviet Union. Hmm. Radiation, though. There was radiation on one of their clothes. Yeah, we'll get to that too. Another thing that adds to the suspicion around the KGB link is Zolotaryov had a journal and a camera, but when his body was found, they were missing and haven't been found since. But everyone else's okay. camera was found? Uh, no, not everyone else. Some of them were like found. Some, yeah. So, yeah. The fella who went home did he have any stories? The one that went home and didn't didn't finish the trek. Is he found alive? I'd say he hasn't. Yeah, no, story. he was fine, and he he's like, thank God I didn't fucking finish that. Yeah, he doesn't believe the official. Does he not? Theory. He thinks something strange or something nefarious mm, happened. Mm. Next theory: UFOs. Okay, I'm listening. So this theory is that it's the lead investigator on the case. I don't know his first name, surname is Ivanov. He believed that the deaths were due to either balls of fire or heat rays because he says they found strange burn marks on the trees around the camp. Okay. Yeah. And he says he was forced to abandon that theory by the Soviet government when he submitted his report. He said they told him to wipe all mention of UFOs. Jesus. Shit. He also spoke about orbs of light, which some people have said that could have been ball lightning. Is that, well, is that a thing? People, I don't think people are actually sure if ball lightning does exist. They haven't measured it because it's so rare. Didn't know. Yeah. That's new to me. Even yeah. that's interesting. Ball lightning. <laughs> ball lightning. Balls like lightning, lightning in the sky, that's just like, Balls. instead of a lightning bolt, it's a ball. So is that a theory that it could be ball, ball lightning? Yeah? Yeah, there's a picture of ball lightning. You could oh. see why that would be confused for a UFO. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's interesting. Very rare, apparently. That was a theory that people might have seen ball lightning and thought it was UFOs because there were reports from the local tribes they'd seen strange things in the sky around that time. Yeah. I'm leaning towards that one now. I thought you might. Myself. So that's the UFO theory. And then the 
other is that there was military tests, like a missile launch of some kind went wrong and inflicted severe injuries on some of the skiers. And then when the military officials who had been carrying out the tests realised what happened, they went in and killed the rest of the skiers. That's the theory. So many holes in every single theory mm-hmm. because why was the tent ripped down the side? From inside. From inside, like. And then why would he walk in so calmly in that bare feet? Well, socks and booties. So, there's a man called Yevgeny Okishev. He was the supervisor of Ivanov, who was the, the main investigator. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said in, in an interview with the newspaper in 2013, he said he found it very suspicious that himself and his colleagues were instructed by the Soviet officials to test all the recovered items from the site mm. for radiation. He, mm-hmm. he saw no logic for why they would want to do that. So he sent a letter to his superiors asking why would we carry out these tests for radiation and so a deputy prosecutor general met with him and his team and during that meeting according to Okishev he said the officials completely dodged all the questions they had about any link to weapons testing and he says they were told to just rule that the deaths were accidental. He There's he lots of covering up isn't there? Like, yeah. They're all very suspicious. Mm. This is suspicious and but that could be as much to do with the culture of the Soviet Union at the time. Just like, as in, don't speak. Stop just, asking yeah. questions, just yeah. say it was an accident. Yeah. It may have been an accident. Move on. Like. Yeah, move on. We don't want to talk about this, move on. Oh, Seal it away. Questions. The problems with this theory of the weapons testing is there's no trace anywhere. Search party found no trace of anyone else in the area. And you wouldn't be able to hide it. Like, mm. With the footprint, snow everywhere. Other footprints. And, other footprints. Yeah. yeah. And also, in all the times since the collapse of the Soviet Union, a lot of the archives and the old records have been opened up and there's never been any record found of it military testing in that area. It seems like it would have showed up at some point. That story makes me uneasy. That yeah, one of them yeah. had no eyes. Like, if it was a person, how could he have, like, killed mm. nine people? This sort of thing, just, like, after we finish this podcast, you'd be thinking about it. Yeah. I think the people listening now as well will be thinking a lot about it. And just that there was no external damage like that. Four of them were lay, laid to rest, presumably. And like, and there was just being naked damage. and just, yeah. why only were they just naked? And then what the fuck was going on? There's so much you just like want to And there was skin and stuff on the branches up five metres in the, in yeah, the there's sky. A, there's a pretty good theory that answers all of it. Oh, go on. Yeah. <laughs> it better not be something so fucking stupid. And, and we're like, oh shit, why didn't I, why did I not know <laughs> that, that? Actually, none of it's real. It's all made yeah. up. <laughs> it's a film, isn't it? No, I, this is real. These are uh, also. No, but I just thought you were going to. These are real people who died. Yeah. We are, we are, yeah. yeah. We have to respect as well. They are, yeah, these are people who did die. Nine people. Is there mushrooms in that part of the the world? That was a theory as well, yeah. 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 So maybe oh my they were God, fucking yeah. tripping and hallucinating and they just all went mad yeah. after. Licking some That's fucking money and killed each other. Like. Trip. They went on a bad trip and they all just wandered off into the night. Yeah. Yeah. One of them completely lost it and they all just followed out the tent. That is a theory. But then the radiation. But there was nothing in the autopsies that found any intoxicant or okay. anything like that. Yeah. That ends that then. Yeah. Well, that's yes, the end of that. There you It'd go. probably be too cold as well. Mm. Minus 20. I don't think mushrooms grow in that no. temperature. So, in 2019, a. In what? 2019, 2019. Okay. a prosecutor in Russia, uh, Andrei Kuryakov, 
was put in charge of a new investigation because the families had been were still asking Francis fair play to them and he was put in charge of just 50 years later 60 60 years later yikes 60 years later yeah okay so he took a expedition to the site mm-hmm. I think around pretty much the same time of year they tried to re-examine it and they looked back over through all the historical records of like the weather on mm. the nights uh, when it likely happened the first thing they realised was the weather was probably a lot more extreme than they had initially thought. So this place is known for heavy snowstorms and very strong winds. They found that the winds could have been up to 65 miles an hour and temperatures minus 20, which means the skiers, as they set up their camp, would likely have had no idea where they were. They are probably very confused about where they were on the mountain all that because of the conditions. So that was the first thing he said, like, we didn't take that into account. He said then he wasn't entertaining questions of state involvement. He said that all those theories have been looked at and they don't add up. That was his position going into this. So what he did is he took three natural occurrences that could have explained it. An avalanche, a hurricane or a slab of snow sliding over the tent. So he investigated each of those three possibilities. There's two photographs taken by the party at I think it was 5pm on the night before whatever happened happened and they're pitching the tent and it shows that they're cutting deeply into the snow at an angle so the snow is you can imagine the side of a mountain it's obviously at an angle mm-hmm. and the snow is so deep they have to cut right into the snow to pitch their tent and it's almost at like a right angle to form a hollow his theory is that they cut so far into the slab of snow that the snow on the top detached and later on slid forward off the lower snow. So they made the the structure, obviously, the structure almost unsound. And the snow, a slab of it, slid forward and landed on their tent. They would have thought that this meant a full-scale avalanche was about to happen. Okay. But it wasn't a full-scale avalanche. This is why it would explain that the ski poles were not knocked over. But they would have been in the tent and thought an avalanche is about to happen. They would have also had a lot of snow on top of them. That's why they would have cut from the inside out on the tent. They would have been able to reach the Mm. door. Being very experienced, they would have known avalanches come and get up and go. They would have left their stuff and walked. Walked? Walked, yeah. Not ran. Okay. It It would explain that they weren't being chased by something Mm -hmm. as such. But then, how does it come around to... Taking their eyeballs out. And yeah, and <laughs> yeah, we'll get the radiation too. and So what would happen then is they would have gone down the slope a bit further and they would have realised the avalanche this is his theory again. They would have realised the avalanche wasn't actually gonna happen. So they would have tried to get back to the tent. That would be why you would have found the three hikers walking back up the slope, but they couldn't make it, it was too cold and he also did a test where he had someone in a snowstorm he tested people he just spun them around basically and said right find your way back <laughs> to a, a, they had a spot 20 feet away and they all got lost when he tried it and he said look it's so impossible to find your way when there's a snowstorm up here perfectly logical that they would have just basically got lost once they left the tent then two Swiss engineers did a study they were actually one of them was watching the Disney movie Frozen <laughs> and he saw the graphics that they had for the snow and he said he was obsessed with this story and he saw how intricate the, the snow was and frozen. So we got on to the animators and said, could you help me build a model that would recreate uh, heavy snowfall? 
under the Yachtloff Pass in 1959. And they were like, yeah, we can help you out with that. So no way. he did that. He re- him, the two engineers then recreated the whole situation and they had basically a mathematical model and they were able to find that the theory from 2019 from the Russian investigator, they said that actually does make perfect sense because you could see that from the picture, it was like basically, if you cut into the snow at more than 20 degrees angle or 23 degree angle, it's likely that the top will slide off and mm. they reckon they're mm. at 26 degree angle or something like that. So they were able to do this study and say, actually, this, this theory does scientifically add up and they recreated it with models using the animators from Frozen. Also, small avalanche like that wouldn't leave a sign, apparently, 25 days later when the search party show up, which so explains I- why they didn't see an avalanche. Okay. So when they found the tent, I thought it was in perfect condition. No, it was crushed. Oh, it was crushed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But the clothes were in perfect condition and folded up and neat and tidy. Yeah. So they wouldn't, the, they reckon it would have been a 500 kilo weight of snow on each hiker. So they were like very quickly crawling out from under it and trying to get out of the tent. So it wouldn't have disturbed things like their shoes and their backpacks and whatever. But they also wouldn't have had time or been physically able to get dressed. Was it nine people in one tent? Yes. Yeah? Big tent. Big tent. Okay. Then, for what happened to the bodies, uh, Koryakov, the Russian investigator, has a theory there. So they all retreated downhill, took shelter under the cedar tree and built a fire because the lower parts of the trees would have been icy and wet. Someone climbed up the tree to try and get firewood. That would explain why there was skin and bits of clothing found in the branches way up high. Would it? That would explain it. Oh, no, I'm not buying that. Okay. <laughs> bits of skin, like... Well, I mean, we're presuming they're massive. You're presuming they're massive chunks of skin. Could be just little nicks. Okay, well, uh, let's let's go with it anyway. Yeah. So the fire, unfortunately, it wasn't enough to save them because the conditions were so poor. And the theory is the two most poorly dressed of the group died first. The burned skin, remember I said one had burned shins, mm. uh, one had burns in the hands, and... Fingers. And one had chunk of flesh from his own hand in his mouth they figured that was because hypothermia had set in and they were trying to get close to the fire and they wouldn't have realised that the skin was burning and also one would have been biting his own finger in kind of a hypothermia daze madness and trying to get sensation in his finger so they think that's what happened there oh my god yeah. that's pretty grim that is bleak possibly yeah his hand would have, been, would have become frostbitten and in desperation to find sensation in it bitter off Mm. yeah so they think the whole group went to set up this fire some of them the most poorly dressed died there and the others tried to find their way back up the hill or some of them tried to find their way Mm. back up the hill three of them did they died on the way back up because they got so disorientated so the last four they think went further down the hill and tried to build a snow den for shelter but where they had built it was over a stream about 10 feet below and because the stream below it meant the snow there was never as solid as snow would have been elsewhere. And so while building it, the snow collapsed underneath them and they fell 10 feet to the ground below. And there would have been a massive collapse of snow around where they've been building the snow then. So they would have fallen onto what was the riverbed underneath them. And the snow above them would have fallen on top of them. And that's what caused the massive injuries. Because the snow falling on top of them would have been a weight of several tons on each person. What a way to go. Jesus. And then they think the missing eyes and the tongues 
uh, missing eyes and tongue probably because they've been out there for three months in the wilderness and they were out there animals. for three months those bodies I, that were found in geez. the streams oh my god oh yeah we're the saying, bodies yeah. were out there for three months oh okay right because they were found in the summer when so how would our eyes be gone I think it was animals oh uh, I feel like you're really disappointed with them. No, I'm not disappointed. <laughs> the explanations. The, the explanations w- uh, make sense. Or yeah, sort yeah. of. And the radiation. Yeah, now try explain that one. So. Try use your logic with that one. The lanterns at the time that they would use contained small elements or small amounts of the radioactive element thorium. Plus, two of the team had been involved in a cleanup of a massive nuclear accident, like almost Chernobyl-sized accident that had happened in the Soviet Union just two years previously. And another skier came from a village in the contaminated zone where that accident happened. So three of them were probably carrying an awful lot of radiation on them anyway. Oh. Mm. The walking microwaves. Loads of families and people who've investigated it so don't buy this explanation for different reasons. You don't buy this explanation to it? No, a lot of people just... It feels like closure. The closure for the, for the families. It's a good explanation. It feels... It feels yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. But you can explain it. You can you can you explain it away. You can justify any. Old you could story. say ten different stories, and you could convince someone that that's the truth. There's one other theory, um, similar to the, the slab al- avalanche one, where they were kind of forced from the tent because they thought something was happening outside. Called a catabatic wind. This is a Swedish research team went to the exact same spot, um, and they said there's only one thing that could have happened. What's called a catabatic scenario which is a falling wind, which is where wind comes down the face of the mountain, and as it comes down, it picks up speed, and it creates hurricane-like conditions in a very small area, and it happens instantly. So the wind comes down the face of the mountain and picks up speed, and suddenly a hurricane starts. So you're in a tent and everything's fine, and next thing you know, the tent feels like it's about to be blown away and down mm. the side of the mountain. So the theory here is, same as the slab avalanche one, they would have panicked and said, right, we need to get out of this tent immediately. And that's what they would have done. There's also another element of this, that high winds coming down the mountain can sometimes create infrasound. Remember we talked about that? Hmm. The uh, ghost frequency? Uh, ghost yeah, frequency, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they could have created a frequency of noise that would have induced terror within them all and sent them out into the, the storm. Don't buy that one. That's no, another theory. So they are the theories. And yeah, a lot of the families and people who've looked into it don't buy the official one. Mm. So we don't have a definitive answer. Um, loads of tourists go to the spot now to some of them to do their own investigation, some just to see it. Yeah. It's a nice little memorial there to people who died. Is there? Yeah. If there should be. What do you take from it? Like, what's your. I would say some of it is strange. Like that guy who was added towards the end. Yeah, maybe there's an explanation for that. That does seem strange. That would get you wondering. But maybe that was something else. Maybe they were trying to keep an eye on them. Maybe they thought the local KGB thought the I think the, were te- up to the theory there. around animals eating the eyes and tongue, like why just the eyes and the tongue? Yeah, like why just that? Like why an animal like obviously like a, would it be like a polar bear up there, like a big fucking bear or something? Or probably yeah. You know they're not gonna just eat a little bit of tongue and. A, Two eyes, like they're gonna Give eat you. Bit of that they're gonna just eat everything. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. It was definitely aliens, 100. percent Aliens came down. These isolated nine people. Great opportunity to experiment on them. 
Mm. And maybe aliens live there. There's parts of the world that humans haven't even been, isn't there? Really isolated fucking parts of the world anyway. Russia's massive. The Soviet yeah. Union was bleeding massive. Yeah. I guess. Aliens could be hiding anywhere. Up in the trees. Could be on the couch. Yeah. That's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's it's. I don't know why people go hiking. I went on two hikes. That's your takeaway from all this. Like, what are you doing going hiking? The following place? a 23 year old into the wilderness. like Some people just enjoy it. Well, the rest of them were around that age too. It's yeah, like, and then the 37 year old, he's a bit hairy. What's he fucking doing? He probably Back just around. fucking bored out head. He's like, I'm going on this as well. I'm going on this walk on my sleigh. I bet he was on the sleigh. <laughs> the sled. There's a lot to take from it though. There's a lot, There's a lot of information. There's a lot going yeah. on, yeah. A lot oh, going I think on. snow is very scary. Snow, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know it's like, ah, nice and Christmassy and stuff like that. It's very scary in the hands of the wrong people. In the ha- Yeah, you don't want to give the wrong people snowballs. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's scary snow? I think it is, yeah. I think, it is, I think it's very disorientating. I just, there's something about, when I went to Lapland last Christmas, it's just something scary about how white and kind of disorientating yeah, yeah. it is. Like, so it's just, like a big sh- white sheet. It's unnatural looking. Yeah. Yeah. And like anything could be hiding in it, anything could be under it. It's just like I don't know, something creepy about it, about mm. snow, in the in the wilderness, in the woods. Yeah, yeah, there is definitely. Yeah, that'd make a good film. Kind of reminds me of a uh, Blair Witch Project. The Thing, The Thing. That's a good film. Really good film. Devil's Pass. Devil's Pass. Twenty thirteen horror film. That's what that's about. That the Devil's Pass is about that. Yeah. Have you seen it? I know it. I haven't seen it, but I know it. I'm going to watch that. Tonight. It's shot in the style of found footage. Doesn't have great reviews. So it's like the Blair Witch Project. 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. 50 is okay. 50 is <laughs> go, like, yeah. 48%. Do you have a level on Rotten Tomatoes you wouldn't go below? <sighs> I've watched films that are 30% and I like them. Really? Like yeah. what? Venom. You like Venom? I like Venom. I'm more, like... I'd be turned off a film now if it was below 65%. Yeah, Maybe I think... 60%, I'd be turned off. Nine like times it. out of ten, uh, if I I would Google a film review before watching it, and if it's, if it's as you said, in around there, I'd be like, it's not worth yeah, it. It's yeah. obviously shite, like, yeah. I'm going to waste my whole time here watching this. Yeah. And I, and I could have just not watched it without review. Even if it's not shite, it'll just be like, all right. Mm. You, when you want it to be deadly. It'd be just like, yeah, it was grand, I suppose. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Like that, you just go off rotten tomatoes. <laughs> but the devils, the Valov, the Valatovs pass. That's what it's, what's his name? Divilov, Dyatlov, Dyatlov. Scary stuff. Hiking in damn days. It, it's the same with Everest. People were hiking up Everest in the fifties. I'm like, why are you doing that? Stop. It's the enjoyment of it. I don't understand what thrill you get from that. If I got to the top, if I was doing that, and I wouldn't, or if I was, and I got to the top, the only emotion that I'd feel is relief. It's like, fuck this, thank God. Climb down. I'd be more impressed if you climbed down. That's hard to do. Yeah. It'd be easier to climb up something than climb down something. <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to climb up things than climb down things. Oh. Climbing down things like fairly unknown. You don't know where you put your fucking leg, and you're looking down. And <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> well, I hope you liked that. Mm. What a story! Unbelievable. Like you just don't know. Maybe like 
There is no an- definite answer to it. Like. I know. It was aliens. Do you reckon it was aliens? I think, I it, think was it was aliens. Yeah. Or else the the other chap. The big Bigfoot thing. The Yeti. The Yeti. Yeti. Yeti gonna get you. It's funny that we don't say Yeti. We say Yeti. A Yeti. Yeti. The Yeti gonna get you. I'll see you after. Thanks very much for listening. As always. Talk to you. Bye.